today, Rinpoche showed us how the Bodhisattva is joyful and finds that the pathway itself is as joyful as the goal of being enlightened. Okay, uh, so welcome to the Chen Rezgi Tibetan Buddhist Center. Once again, we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, specifically the section on uh, training in the uh, perfection of joyous perseverance, uh, beginning uh, page, I just lost the English. 198 with uh, the Shirawa quote. Uh, so that's where we'll begin. Um, so right at the bottom there. Uh, so when we divide Buddhism, we can divide it into three categories. The teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity, the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and the teachings for beings of great capacity. Uh, so the teachings for beings uh, shared in common with beings of small capacity are teachings that lead to the higher realms of cyclic existence, and they rely on the practices of going for refuge to the three jewels uh, and abandoning the ten non-virtuous activities, or engaging in the ethical behavior which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities. Uh, the next level, the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity uh, are for beings who wish to achieve uh, liberation or nirvana. And those practices are the three highest higher trainings of ethics, uh, concentration, and wisdom. And then finally, the teachings for beings of great capacity are those teachings for beings who wish to achieve complete Buddhahood. And those practices are achieving the mind that aspires to enlightenment and then engaging in the six perfections. Digsun. Um, so we are studying now the great vehicle practices, those practices for beings of great capacity that lead to Buddhahood. So is it really possible for us to achieve Buddhahood? And if so, why? Um, it's possible, um, uh, and 
definite that we will achieve Buddhahood, I, um, or uh, definitely possible, I guess, uh, that we will achieve uh, Buddhahood because we possess uh, Buddha potential, um, our Buddha nature. Uh, and this is divided into two categories, the developmental potential, or uh, the, the potential to develop, and the actual natural potential. Uh, so these are the two divisions of the Buddha potential. And because we have this Buddha potential or Buddha nature, it is said that we have Buddha. Um, so when, some, when we state that we have Buddha, it has to be explained as we have these two types of nature, the, the natural abiding nature and the, develop, the potential that is able to be developed. Uh, so these two. Uh, so if we were to, um, if someone were to ask, posit the Buddha potential um, uh, within these two, one would say in relation to the develop, the potential to develop the mental consciousness and the natural, the lack, uh, um, lack of true establishment of the mental consciousness or the emptiness of the mental consciousness is the natural potential. Um, so we find these six perfections um, mentioned and posited in the uh, stages of meditation uh, by Kamala Shila, uh, where it says, if you ask, what are the causes and conditions of the final fruit of omniscience? I, who am like a blind man, may not be in a position to explain by myself, but I shall employ the Buddha's own words, just as he spoke them to his disciples after his enlightenment. He said, Vajrapani, Lord of Secrets, the transcendental wisdom of omniscience has its root in compassion and arises from a cause, the altruistic thought, the awakening mind of bodhicitta, and the perfection of skillful means. Therefore, if you are interested in achieving omniscience, you need to practice these three. Compassion, the awakening mind of bodhicitta, and skillful means. And these skillful means here is, uh, that's being presented is referring to the perfections. Sonan, the Sanchedan. The interesting one, the 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 Sokni. Sonan, the Sanchedan. Then, Sonan, the Sanchedan. Then, Sonan, the Sanchedan. Then, Sonan, the Sanchedan. Then, Sonan, the San
Okay. Um, <clears throat> so in order for uh, any excellent qualities to be achieved, whether they are the hearer vehicle, solitary realizer vehicle, or the bodhisattva vehicle, one has to engage in effort. Uh, there has to be an effort put forth. Uh, so all of the excellent qualities rely upon effort. Um, and in order to achieve the collections, we must engage in effort. So joyous perseverance becomes a quality that is indispensable if we wish to achieve the state of complete Buddhahood. Um, because when we look at the collections that are necessary to accumulate, uh, they require uh, quite a bit of effort. So we need to achieve the collection of merit and achieve the collection of exalted wisdom. So these are the two collections that are necessary uh, for us to have in order to become a Buddha, in order to achieve that unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. So the collection of exalted uh, I'm sorry, the collection of merit refers to the practices such as bodhicitta um, and, and great compassion and so forth. So the, 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 those practices. And the perfection of exalted wisdom um, refers to that last perfection of the perfection of wisdom. Um, so anything within the perfection of wisdom. So uh, it states in the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment that any thing that does not fall, any um, accumulation that does not fall under the category of the perfection of wisdom necessarily falls under the collection of merit. Uh, so we find this point made in uh, Tisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment. Uh, and the um, collections themselves of merit and exalted wisdom give rise to the Buddha's, the, the bodies of the Buddha. Um, so in order to be a Buddha, uh, one has to create that which gives rise to the Buddha. Um, so the Buddha is the form body and the truth body. So it is the collection of merit that creates the form body, which is the emanation body and the enjoyment body. And it is the collection of exalted wisdom that creates the truth body, and then the truth body divided into the omniscience um, and then the cessation. So the, um, so the, uh, the omniscience that the Buddha has is, is one of the bodies of the, of the Dharmakaya, of the truth body, and then the actual cessation is the other. Dison. <laughs> La Lena Majubi, Shantu Sambi, Sheba, Gundapem Mila, Law Sone, Shombazan, Moon, Tata Chilebo, Tamara, maybe, Shombatan Ranchito, Subi, Sashiba, Mandute, Lebatana Shombatan, Chesu Union Che, Sunday, 
Chuba 
Okay, so now uh, we have a quote from Shirawa. It says, The happiness of those who cast aside the teaching does it not exceed their happiness before doing so. Consider the fact that if you give up the teaching in this lifetime, you must hereafter undergo endless suffering. If you make no effort, the afflictions will not look upon you with compassion. Also, the remedy will not say, you're unable to cultivate me, so I will complete the task for you. Even the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas will not be able to protect you. If you apply the aforementioned three prides, even great incompatible factors cannot block you. So you must generate these three kinds of pride, engaging in the Bodhisattva deed states. Against one who strives with pride, great obstacles will be in trouble. So with a steadfast mind, I will overcome my shortcomings. Just as a translator's note, last week, if anyone who wasn't here, this pride isn't isn't pride. It's just named as pride. It's actually a positive thing in this case. Um, but it is called pride. If you go back a couple of days, uh, a couple of um, pages, you'll see it explained. Um, it's called pride, but it isn't pride, because pride is a negative thing, is a non-virtue. Um, and this particular type um, of activity is virtuous activity, is a, is, is a good thing, not a bad <coughs> thing. Um, so when we look at this quote, the happiness of those who cast aside the teaching does not exceed their happiness um, before doing so. Consider the fact that if you give up the teaching in this lifetime, you must hereafter undergo endless suffering. Uh, so in this lifetime, we have the teaching, we have the ability to practice it, um, and if we disconnect from this teaching, and give it up, then we will have to again and again endure the, the large amounts of suffering um, that comes with cyclic existence. And it isn't that um, the afflictions themselves will say, well, he or she um, didn't make any effort, but it's okay, um, we'll somehow help them out, um, and they won't have to pay the consequences of that, um, uh, and, and uh, so forth. So the afflictions themselves don't <coughs> operate like that. Um, and the remedy doesn't uh, cultivate itself. Um, so it's not, the remedy doesn't say, oh, you didn't cultivate me, so I'll do it for you. Um, so all of these things, the cultivation of the remedy is something that we must take on ourselves. Um, and getting rid of the afflictions 
um, is something that we have to make an effort in uh, because the afflictions won't be subdued by themselves. They won't not arise because of compassion they have for us. Um, they are going to arise into an experience which will be unpleasant, which will be an experience of suffering. So therefore, uh, we need to ourselves uh, apply remedies and ourselves um, engage in those practices which get rid of um, the affliction so that, uh, that we can actually have a stable type of happiness. Um, and then the, the various prides uh, are mentioned. Um, Dixon, Nyawatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadatongreyadat
being named pride, but it is not pride itself. Um, it's taken out of that category because in this case, it's virtue. It's a positive thing. It's actually something that works against the afflictions. It's a belief, a confidence that one can get rid of afflictions. Um, so it's saying that uh, if, if I'm defeated by shortcomings, my desire to conquer the three realms is a joke. We look at the realms of, of the... Um, Rinpoche, the Shunju Lung, the the Korsum, the Dukan, Zukan, Zumekan, Yedad Nawa Me Gare, Gare, the Shunju Lung, Konsu Gitch Gare, She. Shunju, the Shunju, the Korsum, She so Gil. I did the Jigu and I did do a jib in there. Chambi is your tobacco. They were sent them. The Kamsum. Kamsum, the. Debbie Okay. <clears throat> so here, when we speak of the three realms, uh, the three realms are um, talking about the form realm, the formless realm, uh, I'm sorry, the desire realm, the form realm, and the formless realm. Uh, so these are the three realms. In the desire realm, uh, we find the six realms of cyclic existence. Uh, and then, but it doesn't mean that all gods are within that, because um, they're um, uh, the Rimache Zu Zu Kong Lai Lion. Okay, so uh, when we look at the form realms and so forth, those are gods as well. So when we say God, it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it falls within the desire realm, but. In the, in the case of the de desire realm, there are gods, desire realm gods. Um, so uh, they're all divided. So we have the uh, hell realm, the hungry ghost realm, and the animal realm, uh, and then the human realm, the uh, demigod realm, and then finally the uh, gods realm. And then we can divide those. I'm just seeing, I had a breakdown of the various... Uh, realms that Rinpoche just quickly went over. Uh, so if I can find it, um, I will. Um, let's go, Rinpoche. This is his favorite part when I do this. He loves that. Alright, well I'll find it the second that I move on. I swear it was right here. 
Okay, so the uh, realms are divided as such. There are desire realm gods divided into the four great royal lineages, the heaven of the 33, the land without war, the joyous land, controlling one's own emanations and controlling others' emanations. So these are the six desire realm gods. Uh, so the formless realm uh, has peak nothingness, limitless <coughs> consciousness, and, and limitless space. Uh, and then the various concentration realms within the form realm. So the concentration levels, the Dhyani levels, uh, we find within the form, the concentration levels in the form realm. Uh, so these are basically uh, how these points of cyclic existence um, are divided up, and what is mentioned, what is mentioned here, my desire to conquer the three realms means to get out of all of those realms uh, and become a Buddha in the case that we're speaking of in the great vehicle. Uh, so even those God's realms and, and the concentration levels are um, states that we want to be free of. Uh, so it's saying that uh, if I'm defeated by shortcomings, if I feel that uh, the afflictions can't be conquered, if I don't have pride with afflictions, uh, if I don't have pride about afflictions, um, then it means I'm defeated by them uh, because it means that I don't believe that I can defeat them. Uh, I don't have that courage. So then it says my desire to conquer the three realms is a joke if that's the case because there's no way to become a Buddha if I am conquered by the afflictions because it's the removal of those afflictions that's necessary to become a Buddha. Digsa. It is called pride about afflictions because you have contempt for the afflictions and then want to destroy them. So it's called this, but it's merely named that. Pride about afflictions is not pride. Uh, pride is an affliction. Some commentators to engaging in the bodhisattva deeds explain this pride about afflictions differently, but I think the above explanation accords with the text. So it's saying that various different commentaries explain this section differently in, the, in relation to pride about the afflictions, but Jay Rinpoche believes that the way that it's explained here is the most accurate. Digsung Rinpoche. <laughs> Shebakus, <laughs> Jenji Rantare, 
Thus, stop expecting something from others and put on the armor of doing it alone. This is, be confident and think, unlike me, others cannot do it. I can do it. When you practice with this perspective, you are sure that you will defeat the afflictions, that you will, uh, that they will never defeat you, and you consider that it would be a mistake to abandon your commitment after a while. Train yourself until your mind is steadfast in the desire to finish everything to which you have committed yourself after you have carefully examined whether you can do it. So uh, what I asked Rinpoche was, why do I need, why, what is the purpose of saying others can't do it, I can do it? How does that help and strengthen my ability to practice and not become pride? because I'm looking at others like they can't do it. And I, it doesn't in the Tibetan, I guess, read in such a... Um, uh, um, it's almost like a compassionate way that it reads, in the sense that it's very difficult, others are having difficulty, but I can do it. I, it's more of... Um, Rinpoche said that you're, as a practitioner, telling yourself these things to almost um, like uh, um, uh, gain confidence yourself so that um, it's almost like you're pumping yourself up. I don't mean to use such 
lay terminology or loose terminology, but that when I asked Rinpoche to explain what's the purpose of this, he said it's really this personal thing that you're doing to kind of pump yourself up to, to create more courage uh, so that you have this pride about afflictions that says, you know, I can do this. I have contempt for the afflictions and, and I'm, I'm able to, um, um, just as a translator's note, pride about afflictions means that with contempt for the afflictions on all occasions you think I shall be victorious over these. They'll never defeat me. Um, so you have this attitude that these won't defeat me. Um, it's very difficult, I understand. Others have a hard time and, and can't, but I will. So it's not taking on this attitude of pride and looking down on others. It's, it's saying that it is a hard thing, but I can do it. Um, so it's, it's giving yourself the courage um, um, to do it, even if you see others failing and you see that others don't follow through with it as examples you say, um, so now that makes more sense. Um, and just as a note, at many years as a practitioner, you see so many people come and go that that makes sense. You know, there's some people that are still here. Why is that that they've been able to stay here and the others couldn't? Um, so I guess it's got something to do with all of that. Um, so I spent a little bit of time talking with Rinpoche about it, so that's why I wanted to convey what we were speaking about. Um, and it's saying when you practice with this perspective, you are sure that you will defeat the afflictions, that they will never defeat you. And you consider that it would be a mistake to abandon your commitment after a while. So once you become more and more familiar with this, uh, giving up this, uh, the idea of giving it up um, becomes less and less likely uh, because you have this confidence and you have this very stable foundation. Um, it says this, this, your mind is steadfast in the desire to finish everything to which you have committed yourself. So Rinpoche said that it, it, this repeated analysis, this familiarization, makes the mind very, very stable so that it doesn't waver. Dixon. Zoo Okay, so now it's important for us to engage in analysis of um, what non-virtue is, what the poisons are that we speak of. Um, so there are three that we use as major categories called the three poisons, attachment, hatred, and ignorance. Um, so it's important if we want to get rid of something to know what it is that we're getting rid of. Uh, it's not possible um, for us to 
apply an opponent if we don't know what we're applying it to. And we, we see in uh, Geshe Chikawa's seven-point uh, thought transformation uh, where it speaks of the three objects, the three, the three poisons, and the three virtues. What is it? Yulsung, Dusung, Getsasung? And the three root virtues. Uh, so it's speaking of um, Rinpoche. The Chan Yusung, Dusung, Getsasung. The Yusung, Gare. Okay. Do son do cha control. Then a getsa? Do cha mayemba. Okay. Less so. Tuche. So we find this quote um, in the seven point thought transformation that says the, the three um, poisons, the three objects, the three root virtues. Uh, so what is this referring to? Uh, it's referring to first the three poisons are attachment, uh, hatred, uh, and ignorance. Uh, the three objects are our friends, enemies, and neutrals. And the three root virtues are um, the virtue which is the um, absence of of attachment, the virtue which is the absence of hatred, the virtue which is the absence of ignorance. Uh, so this is what the seven-point thought transformation is speaking of. So when we go back to those three poisons uh, that the three virtues are basically the opposites of, um, that the poisons are what we want to get rid of and the virtues are what we want to carry out. So in order to engage in that which is uh, not attachment, um, then we have to know what attachment is. Uh, so attachment, for instance, uh, we'll use the example of uh, seeing an attractive form of some sort, uh, and then we become attached to it. Is just liking an attractive form attachment? Is there a difference between liking something that you find desirous and being attached to something that you find desirous? So Rimche asked these questions to see, do we know what attachment is? So does it mean that if you like the way something looks, that you like the way that you find something attractive, if you like that, is that attachment? So it's in, I don't know if he's going to answer it. He said it's important for them to think about it. So it's important for you to think about this. Then the gapa dang the chapagare. Okay, the the Less. So the Buddha likes attractive things, but the Buddha doesn't have attachment because the Buddha's gotten rid of those things. So what does that mean? How, how does that interact with the fact that the Buddha likes, finds joy, likes seeing attractive things? So then what is anger? What is that? Or hatred? Anger or hatred? So if we say, posit what that which is anger. 
Okay, so then when we we look at attachment, it means that we like something. When we look at hatred, it means we dislike something. So is this disliking of something hatred? Is the disliking of something hatred? When we dislike it, does that mean it's hatred? Then eh? Chapagare. Then eh, the Sanje the the Megawa Magapa. Ale. The Buddha doesn't like afflictions, but he's not doesn't have angry anger. So this is something maybe we need to ask a scientist too. Dene Maripa? Ignorance about the nature of reality, 
uh, and ignorance related to karma and its results. Uh, so these two, ignorance related to karma and its results is a disbelief in the, the Four Noble Truths of origin and so forth. It's disbelief in past and future lives, that there are no past lives, uh, there are no future lives. Um, so this is what the non-virtue of ignorance of karma and its results refers to. The second is ignorance about the nature of reality. So here, this is speaking about ignorance in relation to emptiness. Uh, so, and it is the grasping at phenomena as being truly established. Uh, so, so the way to get rid of this grasping is to apply the opposite fact to, to um, uh, the mistaken view. So, for instance, if we walked into a dimly lit room and believed that a rope was a snake, the only thing that could cure that mistaken view would be the understanding that it is a rope. Likewise, what cures the mistaken view that grasps at things or phenomena as being truly established is the truth that things are not truly established because they dependently originate. So by knowing the fact, the mistaken view is negated because it's only the fact that gets rid of the, that which is not fact, uh, the, the, the exact opponent to that. Um, so when we talk about what is emptiness or what emptiness is, uh, for instance, if we were to ask about the emptiness of the self uh, when we try to locate where I is, if is it is I our head, is I our hand, is I our torso, is I our legs, I our feet, uh, we are unable to posit any specific location for this I. But there is an I there, so we can't state that the I is, is non-existent, uh, and that's not what the emptiness of the I is referring to, because we're definitely here speaking and acting. Uh, so... Because of that, we have to figure out then, how does this I abide? And it abides through dependent origination, through a collection of aggregates that come together, that serve as a basis for designation, and then they are designated as this or that. They're named something. So this collection is then named. But there isn't anything separate, findable, that's inherently existent uh, that we can say... Um, is that, in the case of the I, is the I. The I is merely designated on this collection. There's not a findable I that's separate from that interdependence. Uh, so that's what the meaning of uh, um, emptiness is. And emptiness is what combats the mistaken view that grasps at things as being truly established. Um, Things depended truly on specific attributes. Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to dig song Rinpoche. Yeah. <laughs> 
And Okay. Thus, stop expecting something from others and put on the armor of do it alone, of doing it alone. That is, be confident and think, unlike me, others cannot do it, I can do it. When you practice with this perspective, you are sure that you will defeat the afflictions, that they will never defeat you, and you consider that it would be a mistake to abandon your commitment after a while. Train yourself until your mind is steadfast in the desire to finish everything to which you have committed yourself after you have carefully examined whether you can do it, developing the power of joy. You develop the power of joy after the power of aspiration. In Intense yearning produces a joyous perseverance not previously present, and you have achieved the power of steadfastness, also called the power of pride, which causes the perseverance that has already developed to be irreversible. The power of joy means that when you first engage in an activity, you do it joyfully, and once you have engaged, you have a sense of being insatiable and that you do not want to discontinue the activity. With respect to how you develop the sense of insatiability, let me just see something here. Like those who want the pleasure that results from play, bodhisattvas are passionate about any activity they have to do. Insatiable, they take joy in their work. I just want to see where we stopped. John. 
Rimache, did sa kabiare. Oh. Did shan Sharon sa mambo lapsa. Sa. Did shan you send me sa? Sa tambo. The sa tambo kabiare. Gai do jiban, they don't do but be. Gai. Majiba jiji jiji madubi. Vietnamese to to song, I jiji. To do the sa tambos. Sa tambo jubi sayans. Sa tambo jubi sayans. ซาตอมจูบิเซอันสกาวิตโตเจปานเนเดตาจุมบาจูปิมุปิตะดันดุบะตะเปมะปิตโตเจซุนดุมาจิบะจุนดุจุนดุมาจิบะเจเจบะเ
qualification or the time frame when this is kind of happening that they're speaking of is to the first ground bodhisattva. Um, so, and isn't the first ground of joy? I think the first bodhisattva ground is called joy. See, uh, the power of joy, I think that's what it's called. We can look that up when we have more time. But I believe the first bodhisattva ground is joy. Um, and I think I got all of what Rinpoche said. Then Rinpoche, Kabar Kaso. Less so. Okay. He's explaining Tolongolan then Shanchu Sembi Sa Papa Yimbicha. Shanchu Sembi 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 Saju Gariena Papi Sai. Okay. 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 The the thing Okay. Uh, so. So the word grounds um, are referring to the various um, uh, stages or places from which the Bodhisattva increases his or her understanding. So. When we have a ground in the normal sense, uh, that's what the flowers grow out of, that's what the trees grow out of. Uh, so the ground is really what the, uh, is called a ground because it's the realization grows, of specific realizations grow from that stage for the bodhisattva. Um, so there are ordinary grounds and then there are superior grounds. Uh, so when we're speaking of uh, the bodhisattva grounds proper and proper, when we say the ten grounds, uh, those are necessarily superior grounds. So ordinary um, beings um, and superior beings are divided in the following way. When we look at the five paths, the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning, we can split them up into ordinary being paths and those paths for uh, superiors. So at the path of accumulation and at the path of preparation, the being who is on those paths are on grounds for ordinary beings. Are on, so the grounds that they are on, so the ground of the path of uh, accumulation, which the translators note there are three, and the pre preparation, which there are four, those grounds, uh, which they can be called grounds, are grounds for ordinary beings. It's when the being reaches the path of seeing that he or she then reaches superior grounds, uh, and then at the path of seeing, the the Mahayana practitioner, when he or she comes out of it, um, 
it reaches the first ground, first bodhisattva ground. So if it's among those ten grounds that we speak of, bodhisattva grounds, then they are necessarily superior grounds. There are, there are pathways and grounds for those who have seen emptiness already. Uh, so a bodhisattva at the path of seeing becomes a first ground bodhisattva. So when we say the bodhisattva grounds, or sometimes they're called the bodhisattva levels, um, those are necessarily referring to, in, in most cases when we're being specific, to those ten that start out superior. For me, I, this is the first time I heard the ordinary being uh, levels called grounds. Um, but I guess it makes sense because of the, the study of grounds and paths. Uh, so uh, the, the ground is what the realization grows from. Certain realizations occur at certain grounds, and that's why they're called the ground, because they, they, grow, f they grow from that place. Uh, so um, the superior grounds are those which are from the path of seeing or higher ordinary being grounds are below that and the bodhisattva um, traverses both of those ordinary being grounds as well as the superior grounds. Dixon. Okay. The power of joy means that I'm just going to read about half of halfway into the number three. The power of joy means that when you first engage in an activity, you do it joyfully, and once you have engaged, you have a sense of being insatiable in that you do not want to discontinue the activity. With respect on how to develop the sense of insatiability, engaging in the bodhisattva deeds. Uh, says, like those who want the pleasure that results from play, bodhisattvas are passionate about any activity they have to do. Insatiable, they take joy in their work. So strive with an attitude like that of children who engage in play without being satiated. That is, you must be just as insatiable about what causes pleasurable results as you are about the results themselves. For if ordinary persons strive even when they are uncertain whether they will obtain a pleasant result, what need is there to speak about activities which are certain to bear pleasurable results? Uh, so here, um, 
we're trying to develop this joy uh, um, in our practice so that we have the same insatiable joy that a child has when he or she is playing. He or she is uh, happy and, and doesn't want to stop. Likewise, we not only um, uh, become joyful about what the results are of what we're um, engaging in, but we also become very joyful in the actual cause for those results. So the actual practices and the meditations and so forth become joyful to us um, just as the result is joyful. Digsung Rinpoche. ทุกมาทุกทุกสวาลายาเบเนจูนาเลกาเจเจนาเดบดวาจวนเนบาลาเพสเพสเมบิเมบิเชเตดีเตนโตเลชิจานดินจูรมินดินจูมินจูจูเ
a certain level of analysis, analysis and understanding, that work itself becomes the happiness uh, as well. Digsung. So we should ask scientists, what, is, what are causes of happiness? What are causes of suffering? Scientists are very intelligent, uh, are great scholars. So these are people whom we should ask these questions to. Hmm. This is also the reason why being satiated is wrong. Engaging in the Bodhisattva Deeds says, If I am never satiated by sensual desires which are like honey on a razor's edge, how could I be satiated with merit whose fruition is happiness and peace? Develop an attitude of being insatiable, thinking indulging in sensual pleasures is like licking honey off the sharp razor, uh, sharp blade of a razor. It is the source of a little sweetness, but it slices up the tongue. If I cannot get enough of this experience, which gives me great suffering for the sake of just a slight temporary pleasure, what sense could there be in feeling that I have had enough of the collections of merit and sublime wis wisdom which give flawless, infinite happiness, both immediate and long-term? 
Uh, so here it's stating that normal pleasures within cyclic existence are like the honey on a razor that you lick and have a temporary sweetness that then turns into immediate suffering when that changes, uh, when the sweet transforms into the blade itself. Dig some. So in non-virtuous activities sometimes become specific to the practitioner. Uh, so there are activities themselves which are more universal in terms of um, abstention and then those which are specific uh, to, for instance, the ordained. So the example here is uh, killing bugs or killing um, would be something that all beings should abstain from because uh, it's killing. But um, cutting down a tree, the second example, is something that is not universal but is specific to certain vow holders. So for a householder, uh, it's not stated that cutting a tree is non-virtue, but for ordained, it's within the vows that they, uh, he or she can't cut down a tree. So um, it depends on the practitioner in terms of the behaviors that are positive or behaviors that are negative, um, but one needs to um, always um, never be satiated and, and content with where one is at and always be striving for um, um, a, a better, more ethical way of living. Digso. <laughs> Yeah. 
develop an attitude of being insatiable, thinking indulging in sensual pleasures is like licking honey off the sharp blade of a razor. It is a source of a little sweetness, but it slices up the tongue. If I cannot get enough of this experience, which gives me great suffering for the sake of just a slight temporary pleasure, what sense could there be in feeling that I have had enough of the collections of merit and sublime wisdom, which give flawless, infinite happiness, both immediate and long-term? Thus, in order to bring to completion the virtuous activities in which you have engaged, enter them as a sun-scorched elephant enters a pleasing lotus pond at noon. Train in this attitude until you produce it. Engaging in the Bodhisattva deed states, Thus, in order to finish the work, I shall enter into it just as an elephant scorched by the midday sun comes upon a pond and plunges in. Nessuna Tamatama Mambo, Okay. The power of relinquishment. If you become physically or mentally fatigued from your perseverance, you must rest for a while. 
Otherwise, otherwise you will become exhausted and very disheartened, thereby latter preventing your joyous perseverance. Immediately after you have arrested, persevere again, and when you have completely finished your earlier activity, do not let this satisfy you. You must joyously persevere at other higher activities. Engaging in the Bodhisattva deed says, When my strength declines, I shall leave the task so I can do it later. When it is really done, I shall set it aside, seeking the next task and the next. Uh, so here, um, we should um, um, practice in the graduated stages that are presented. And then um, it says, here, when you have completely finished your earlier activity, do not let this satisfy you. You must joyously persevere at other higher activities. So if you've completed the path of accumulation in the various stages within that, don't just stay there and say, I have now a path of accumulation. You should then strive for the next step and always be striving for the next realization or the next revelation in terms of... Um, the graduated stages of the path. So not resting on one's laurels, um, but recognizing that if one needs to rest, that you need to rest um, so that you don't give up altogether, basically. So you don't just say, uh, stop, stop, uh, stop wanting to do it. Um, so this is the reason for that. Um, and it, but it's saying that once you have rested, you should take the task back up where you left off. And if you left off somewhere that you have completed what you are working towards, you should now start at the next place in, in terms of the stages. Um, and Chu Chabana Sachan 
And then Madiba, Madiba Shimbi, Nyodushin, Shivu, Tere Chonshin, Debri, Mashiba, Deba Tabo, Shesos, Ale, Shesos. The they are put gang in sin of the ngay the inji zu then in chua dan lan cha okay all right so now um let's see the next task is important because if you consider each earlier one good uh i'm sorry the next task is important because if you consider each earlier good quality sufficient, this will be a big obstacle to the attainment of many higher attributes. So not being satisfied, um, um, going through the stages in the order, and always moving on to the next stage. The above presentation shows how to joyously persevere. Do not overexert yourself. You must avoid both being overly intense and being overly relaxed. So make your effort continuous like a river, the glorious uh, Matraketa. Praise in 150 verses states, in order to make yourself more exalted, you never overexerted or relaxed too much. Thus, your good qualities are indistinguishable by former and latter phases. And then Potawa said, the scouts of Semadrua, for instance, never get there. But the scouts of Chenghua take their time at the start and pursue the robbers until they reach them. Likewise, practice at a measured pace that you can sustain. For example, a louse proceeds at a modest pace but never stops, so it soon arrives, whereas a flea takes great successive leaps and then stops, so it never gets there. Uh, so we need to have a sustained practice that's consistent and always moving towards the next level. Now we will end with question and answer period for a few minutes. Coleman has a question. So this might be obvious, but the Dalai Lama was like, uh, you know, no one wants to suffer and no one wants to die. So I was just uh, curious, if you're in hell as a hell being, would you also not want to die? Or would you look forward to death because it would be the end of, you know, a lot of suffering? Then a the Charan Salongari you bay, the Nyel Wapa? She Gugudue. She Gugudue. The the dead, dead. The Jao Rimche Sump Kaylen. Semchen Tamche She Gugumare. She in a show you be chowed. Yene Gugumare. Gapomare. Semchen Tamche She Gapomare. 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 Then the Ngel Wapa, She Gapomare. Gangisen and Ngel Wapa do Ngel Mambo do. Then Chik Shen and Konsu, the Rangse Yakshu. Then Konsu, the the say the Yabudu. Then it Konsu, this Sano Dang Tugudu? Then a Konsu, the then a Semchen Tamche, Sheg Sejay in the church, show you chows and tears. Sejay Masha Degan Kaiser. In a the Semchen Tamche, the She 
Sure. Gapa, Mayimbi chap, She Gapa, She Magapa. Gangasin and Natsu, She Okay, so the hell being would like to die. So, yeah, they would like to die because the suffering is so intense um, that they would like to not be there. They would, they would like to die. Uh, um, so, I, Rinpoche said that we can say that um, all sentient beings will die. And we can say that all that uh, we can't say that all sentient beings don't want to die, because we even have, in the case of humans, people who want to die. Um, so, I guess you know what I mean. Uh, um, so in the case of a hell being, the suffering is so immense and so intense that they would like to die. Um, but I, um, I don't think he's saying that far. He's just saying the suffering is so intense they don't want to be there. Right. Um, but the the ngelwapa rangse tugudu. Rangse. But they have this karma. They can't. I asked. Said, said why don't they kill themselves? He said their karma. They can't. Okay, thank you. So it might not be the same course thought that you're you're thinking. Like I want to kill myself, but yeah. I can't because of my karma. It's not. It, it's, not like it's just the suffering is so great. I you know, yeah. all the time that if they were presented with an option, yeah. but they're not presented with that option. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the least independent state you can be in in the hell. So you're just in. Imagine being in a tornado. And then being asked a question while you're spinning, around. you know what I mean? That's yeah. just not crossing their mind. They're in the present, in the presence of suffering, at all times. And that's what's on their mind. Um, this uh, question um, has to do with the heart and the, and the mind. Okay. And they found scientifically that the heart, uh, in its smallest particles, uh, can send signals. It's not like the brain, it's like uh, it'll send signals to the brain, and it, we might call it intuition. Uh, sometimes the brain listens to it, sometimes it doesn't. But in, in this sense, when the heart stops and it dies, then the brain will die. And then what is left is the mind. So the question is, the mind what is the mind it it comes from the brain and the heart does it come from those none two of those or, things yeah and so but it's also for stuff but it's also empty so i'm i'm trying to ask the question of what is mind okay um konde sem gare sheba gare natsu lemba natsu sem Kongi Chiwa de the Natsu Ni Natsu Sem Gangasena the Now is this something that all scientists are concurring that the the heart is sending messages that are intuition like to the brain? I just yes. before I tell him uh, okay. science says this, I just want to make Sci sure science does say that. This they is have found, the, they the have common found that the heart actually beats but it also it's sending signals so this is but i mean this is like common scientific knowledge it's not an, like I, a side school okay because whenever i tell rinpoche a fact he takes it as 
this is what science says, period. He doesn't sometimes understand that, like tenet systems, we have a lot of differing opinions. This is one that doesn't have differing opinions, you're saying. This I, is I could get the research for you. Okay. The Senripa Kashe, Kaelen, the Ngatsu Lemba Tsanlo Jelpo Dangdraj. Yine, the Senripa Kaelen, Ngatsu Ni, the. Long low dang drapo do the ngatsu ni lemba gate shegdu yene ngatsu lemba the sawa yen yene ngatsu ni dets gate shegdu the ngatsu sanlu dets yure then kongi chua de sem garre sem ngatsu lemba sem ngatsu ni genda de Okay, so I, I said that, I told them that everything that you said, that science says that there's some kind of communication that can take place from the heart to the mind, that the mind is the main purveyor of thought and decider, uh, is like the king, if you will, but that... Sense it to the brain. The brain. I, the I, sorry, brain I said mind. But the, mi the brain, yeah. I'm using, I use the word brain to okay. him. Um, that it sends it, the heart sends messaging to the brain, and I asked him then, what is mind, what is consciousness, is it the brain, is it the heart? And he's going to answer all that. Less so. Okay, so looking at um, our school, um, consciousness or mind, Sendan Sheba Dunchi. Sendan Sheba Dunchi Sam Okay, so if it is, um, uh, so when we look at the topic of mind, um, mind is consciousness. But if it is consciousness, it isn't necessarily mind because there are mental factors as well. But when we use this word mind, we're speaking of consciousness. So there are six types of consciousness. Eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, tongue consciousness, tactile consciousness, and mental consciousness. So these are the six kind of consciousnesses that we assert. The, the mind-only school adds two more consciousnesses, uh, one called afflicted mind, something like that, and the other is storehouse consciousness. Uh, but our school states that there are six consciousnesses. Then eh? So the mental con when we look at the um, eye consciousness, for instance, the eye consciousness is responsible for apprehending a form. So for apprehending a form, but there are also many interactions going on with mental factors and discrimination and so forth that takes place in order for our mind to apprehend what that form is. We discriminate it between non-form and we figure out what it is and then we say there's a form. Um, so it is our, my, our um, eye consciousness that is apprehending form. So all of the other consciousnesses are very similar. 
then the sem the kongi tree will kabiare. Natsu sem lemba, natsu sem ni. Okay, so we can say that the um, brain and the heart, for instance, are uh, connected to the mind or to the, con the, the consciousness in the way of a road. I asked him, I said, how about a road or, there's, uh, or the channels? So the mind travels through those channels, according to Buddhism, um, and there is a connection, um, but it, we don't say that the heart is mind or that the brain is mind. We say it has it. So our, we has, has the mind. Our heart has the mind or our brain has mind. The mind, not a mind on its own. The mind, the consciousness. So again, mind is consciousness. If it's consciousness, it's not necessarily mind because there are mental factors as well. But there are six consciousnesses. So mind in con is consciousness. There are six kinds of consciousness. And that's how we apprehend things and so forth. But as for the physical organs, if you will, those are just pathways for the consciousness itself to operate. Almost like a cooperating condition, you know, in order for the consciousness to operate. And, and I'm sure, it, and there are even more and more subtle things, obviously, science knows about where that consciousness travels in the brain for certain things. And so it becomes even more detailed. But according to Buddhism, it's merely... Um, pathways for the consciousness. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. The, the brain has the mind, but the brain isn't the mind. It has it, but it's not the mind. Um, uh, my question is more, it's slightly personal and off the topic, but it also has to do with the six perfections and perseverance, especially joyous perseverance, mm -hmm. in that, in my case, with the, Gechi Gompo years ago said that I was going to have difficulties later, and I had no idea that it would get like this. Um, so I experience tremendous suffering from the illness that I have, and the fatigue and those things are incredibly difficult. There are, you know, I'll have two weeks where I can, can't leave the house at a time. So I have a tremendous amount of outer obscurations with the illnesses and the lesions and the brain damage and all that stuff, um, as well as the physical pain. Uh, I try to do practice the best that I can Ever, ever since my son was born, though, there's this love that I've developed and the idea of him suffering, going to hell, is so unacceptable to me that I have this feeling now of I have to achieve this for him and then all other sentient beings as well. 
So I guess my question is, how does one who is afflicted with outer obscurations to the level that I am with all of these, you know, my bones snap like chalk and I've got more tumor in my spinal cord than spinal cord and the brain damage and the cognitive deficits and the fatigue and all that. How, how does one persevere in the face of that? I mean, I can lie in bed and suffer and contemplate on the suffering of cyclic existence, but I'm very unsatisfied with my practice and really wish I could do more dharma and to get there. It's a fight every day, basically, and, and how I want to get past that. Okay. Uh, okay. The, the Kali Kali, that's Guru Mishé. Adrian Tengsang, Shere Nagudu, the Kon Lemba Natsa Yure, Operation Nama Jasar, then Kongi Rugo, the Shere the Jamudu, the Chak Le Labudu. Kongirugo Kasakala Gariena Chana Le Labudu Sansan Kambaja then Kong Rugu Chakadu Gangasana the Natsa Chembo Yure then Kon Natsa Chik Yomari Natsa Mambo Yure Kong Kon the Lemon Natsa Yure Kong the Jak Natsa Yure Rugu Natsa Yure Tsawa Rugu Natsa Yure then Kongi Chiwa the the Sansan Kon Shere Kali Kasho then Kong the Kambashilo La Drog Chok Tugumare, the Sansan Duntani, Kongi Den Degdu, Duntani, Sansan Dawachi, the Den Degdu, then Kong Shila La Drogomare, Kamaja Tugumare, Yene Den Sunsang, then Yamlen, Shere Kali Kabudu, Kongi Sampa, Yene Kongi Pugu Jason, then Ama the Kong Pugu Yere, then the Kong Sanlodang, the Pugo. The Shena, the Pugo Nyawa draw Tugudu, Yeda draw Tugudu, the Dunju draw Tugudu, then a con this Sanodana, then a con Shera Nusun, the Shera Sem Chipu Yomare, then Kongi Sampa Nga, the the Nyanlen Che Gugudu, Gangensen and a Pugo Nga Go, a Pugo Ropa, Ropa Go. Yene Nyamlen Shera Kali Kapudu, Gangensen and Natsa Yure. Then a rimbache, the Natsa Chembo Yuna, Yene Nyamlen Che Gudu, then the Pugo Nimadak part Sanlodangudu, the Dunyal Yona Nga Shere Gagamare, then Nga the Yapiomare, Yene the Barche Mambo Yure, then Lapcha Gare, Rimbache, then Yamlen Lapcha Gare, the Lapcha Kandre. You have suffered so many, you have so many different types of suffering. Uh, first and foremost, we have to take medicine for whatever our illnesses are. Um, and, and praying, doing the mantra of, of Tara um, in, is very, very beneficial. Um, it's stated um, within the Tara um, Tantra that if one relies on, on Tara and, and does the practice that the um, diseases can be lifted um, or the weight of diseases can be lifted or made lighter. What the hands are, what the 
So if you are, take medicine uh, and you also rely on Tara, then you're able, you'll be able to alleviate uh, some of these um, symptoms. Uh, you are a very intelligent person, Adrian. <laughs> it's very smart, and studying the Lam Rim uh, is very important. So, um, I said, you know, um, with difficulty though, with practicing, what can you suggest? And Rinpoche said, you can, wherever you are, engage in the practice of Tonglen, the giving and taking practice, uh, where you imagine that beings uh, are in front of you. The Semchen Tamche, the Sanladang. Imagine that all sentient beings are in front of you um, and that you, in the form of a black light, uh, take on all of the suffering in the, through your right nostril and in the form of a white light, uh, you imagine that you give all forms of happiness uh, to beings as you exhale through your left nostril. So you imagine that as you inhale, you're taking on all of the suffering that sentient beings have and that in the form of a black light, it's being taken from them. And then you imagine that as you exhale, all of your own root virtues and happinesses and so forth um, go to them um, and and then uh, absorb into them. And as a translator's note, it says that uh, you need to imagine that as you give, that the um, beings are, it's working, that they're transformed into this state of happiness. And then you imagine that suffering. So it's this interchange that's taking place where you imagine that they have become happy. Then you go back to their suffering. Um, so you're using this meditation. Um, and as you are imagining this light, uh, you actually see um, some meditations say it's like a cloth is being wrung out of dirty water. You see this white light, um, you see this dark light coming from the sentient beings um, that gets diluted more and more because you've taken it all. So that some texts say that and others say it's like shaving off of, of um, imagine that it's coming off like hair that's being shaved off. Their suffering is just being extracted from them and that you're taking it on and that when you uh, absorb the suffering, you imagine that it um, then Burnt, turns into a fire that burns away your self-cherishing attitude. Um, so those are parts to the meditation you can add on. Rinpoche has, has taught in the past. So by doing Tonglen meditation, giving and taking, we're able to accumulate a vast amount of merit. And merit serves to obliterate or get rid of our misdeeds. So slowly, um, over time, that which gives us suffering will be um, negated. We'll, be, we'll get rid of the, that which is causing us to suffer. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I, what I've been doing lately is taking on the white myself to heal myself uh, using Rinpoche as the center of Zoshi and the lineage tree 
as and White Tara together. Those are the strongest influences that and I feel right now. Sen San Kon, it's Soshin Sanladang. In Sansan Kon Sochin Saladan, then Cheran Sawa, then the Droma Yure, then Kon Sampa, the the Ugarpo Yongudu, then Kongi Natsa Chingdu. Shelap Dan Drapo So yeah, this is a of great meaning. And if you can do this blessing meditation where you imagine that you've been healed um by the merit field, um then this is very good. Uh, it looks like it's 11, unless there's another question. We can do a question if we have. Huh? Okay, Stasha. Get on the mic. Get, get on the mic. Get on the mic. Get on the mic, right? Little beastie boys. Tribute to Adam, who's done more for the Dharma than most people ever will in their lives. Very true. Thank you, Adam Yauk. Um kind of a follow-up to Don's question. I read an article about scientists growing brains in a lab. Right now they're just growing pieces for to help people, okay. but eventually they're going to grow an entire brain, and there comes the ethical question of will it have consciousness, then will it have rights? But if Rinpoche was just talking about the the you know the six consciousnesses and the the sense powers then would that be a suitable vessel for a human consciousness since it is only a brain and not the other parts Lemba Zugdu. Then, eh, the Cheran Sanlogar Yube. Sheba Yong Tugudu? Gangasena, the Sen Ripa, Kaelan, Chikshena, Sheba Zugre. Lemba Zu, Lemba the Zuma. Lemba Zuma Zu. Then, then, the Sen Ripa, Chikshena, Sheba Yongre. The Nampichu, the, the Chogudue. Misipa? He doesn't know. He said, um, um, if they're making a brain, if somehow consciousness could enter into it, I don't know, is what he said. Scientists think that the mind is the brain, that the brain is the mind. So maybe the scientists don't think in terms of sense powers and consciousness, mental consciousness and so forth. But we, we rely on the, um, emphasize rather, the mental consciousness as being the, the real motivator. So we say to a scientist, um, if there are no sense powers, then when you sleep, is there consciousness? It becomes... Uh, but there are no sense powers. But then when you sleep, you have a dream. Is that consciousness? Uh, so then would they say that 
sleep is a sense power or consciousness? He's just throwing questions out to scientists if you're listening. Well, they're going to all show up one day. <laughs> he said that'd be fine if they come. So I guess we have an open invitation to all you scientists out there like to answer some of these burning questions that we have about sleep and consciousness and so forth and why happiness happens and why suffering happens and we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, we have bread and tea. <laughs> All right. Uh, concluding mandal offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. Imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well, with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, the source of all benefit and happiness, all powerful, Abhuteshvara Tenzin Yatso may stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensa Wandak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Just to remind everyone